when he was so enamoured of her that he would not leave their bed, not only throughout the night, but during the day as well, much to the disgust of his barons, for although they knew him for a lusty man, and of his scheming after he had come by accident upon Isabella in the forest to get her to his bed, they believed that, as the king, he should have remembered he had other duties than to get his wife with child, and to indulge his voracious sexual appetites. She knew that such memories would come upon him suddenly, and he would ride to Gloucester, storm to her chamber, and remind her that although she was his prisoner, she was his wife. He might have cursed her for her infidelities, although he expected her acceptance of his, and he might have hung her lover on the tester of her bed so that when she awaked she found the corpse swinging there, yet he would lust for her. And she was not entirely displeased, for her appetites were as keen as his in this respect, and this passion of hatred and desire amused and intrigued her. Her youngest child, Eleanor, had been conceived in this prison, and born a year ago. She was thankful that she had the children with her, but she must never let him know of this, for he might then seek to deprive her of their company. She had never been a doting mother, and perhaps that was why it had not occurred to him to rob her of them. He believed her to be as indifferent to them as he was. Young Henry, now nine years old, would be the next king, provided the French did not conquer the country, which, according to news which was brought in to her, they were on the point of doing. What next? she asked herself. Who could say? It seemed likely that there would be one among the invaders— Perhaps Louis himself, who would not be insensible to the charms of the Queen? She would have to wait and see what happened. And considering the pass to which John had brought them, perhaps it would have been better after all if she had married Hugh de Lusignan. She had been only twelve years old, but already mature, when on their betrothal she had become enamoured of Hugh. Her ardent nature had set her dreaming of love-making with that handsome man, but he though desiring her, had held aloof, fearing that she was too young, and having romantic notions of waiting for marriage. Dear Hugh, during those wild orgies with John she had often remembered him, and during the softer moments in her thoughts she had substituted handsome gentle Hugh for her violent husband, and found delight in doing so, if only to contemplate how furious John would have been had he read her thoughts. Always she had consoled herself, but he is a king, and has made me a queen, which was a long step from being merely the daughter of the Count of Angoulême, even though she had been the only child and a considerable heiress. One thing she could say was that John had taken no count of her inheritance. His desire to marry her had been pure lust. And it had remained, even through his dalliance with other women, on whom he had got several children even through her own adventures, which he had made her pay for by that terrible act. And paid she had, for even now she could awake from a nightmare in which she was back in that fearful dawn, opening her eyes to that grisly spectacle. But through all that, his desire for her lived on. 
She had seen him throw away his inheritance, reduced to utter humiliation by the barons who had forced him to sign Magna Carta at Runnymede. Those same barons were now weary of his foolishness, his rashness, his ineptitude, and his cruelty to so many. He had enemies everywhere. And now the French. They had trumped up a claim to the English throne for Louis, son of Philip of France, because Louis had married Blanche, who was the daughter of John's sister Eleanor and Alfonso of Castile. Eleanor was a daughter of Henry II, and with such a monarch as John on the throne, his enemies were ready to clutch at anything. William Marshall, the great Earl of Pembroke, one of the few loyal men in the country, had shown himself to be sick at heart by all that had happened, and being the wise man he was, he would know well at whose door the fault lay. But he had always stood for the king, and the application of law and preservation.